KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Hi, hello again. This is the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. Your name's Alon. That's me. You're Ara. Totally. If you want to call us, you can be on the radio too. 866-536-1100. We'll be here for the next hour. Of course, if you're not listening live, you should uh, send us an email. Or listen live and then call us when you do. Um, our website is chatterboxgameshow.com, and you'll find our email addresses there, and, and uh, we talk about video games. I'm wondering how many people actually listen, listen live on terrestrial radio. Like, how many people are listening through KFNX Airwaves? We could ask everybody listening live right now to call us. Yeah, no, that would that would totally, that would have a 100%, um, I think, reaction. Everyone would call. Did I tell you the stories about before you were ever with We with won't mind here? if you do this, by the way, if you just happen <laughs> to be listening. But uh, do, do you remember, well, you remember a time when you weren't on the show. I sure do. And, and the time that you weren't on the show, there was still a show. And we would try to give stuff away. Like, we were one... One of like two radio stations in the valley, or maybe zero other radio stations, uh, gave away Halo Two like pre-launch. We we were committed to That's giving away rad. the game. Yeah. Did, that, did that bring in any? Uh... Uh, it was hard. I actually had a difficult time giving away the game because uh, people listen, but they listen over podcast. Yes. That's that's where, where the majority of the listenership is. So anyway, that was funny to me. Like I'm trying to give away this huge hit game. And uh, and I couldn't I couldn't do it, which is why I shy away from doing contests on the air by like phone only. Well, it's it's also difficult that um, live and learn at night. The uh, the the massive power of the station is overshadowed by various broadcasts and languages that from are from Mexico. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> ah, all right. Okay, so uh, what games have you been playing lately? What have you been doing? Just just playing with the the driving games? Maybe some Dirt Three? Oh, you've just read my mind. Because last week you brought in Dirt 3, but you hadn't even played it yet. And, and now I've totally played it. And you've totally seen it. I have not. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, you're so right. No, I, only, I saw the chassis with, uh, what's that other game? Grand, Grand Turismo 5. Yes. That's the one. I had a few people over on Friday night yeah. to, to test out the chassis. Um, I just magically inserted you into my memory, so <laughs> I guess that didn't work. I guess that happens a lot. It, it happens. So... One thing, that was, power. one thing that was kind of amazing was that the uh, the forces that that game exerts on your wheel when you drive certain vehicles, like the big trucks, are so great. Not only did it give me an, an enormous workout, well, that's not true at all, but it did give me something approaching what I might consider a workout. And not only did it do that, but we found that Everybody's like, hey, the wheel's getting loose, the wheel's getting loose. And I'm like, what? And then I look, and there's about, there were three screws in completely different locations holding the wheel together that began to work themselves loose. Because, That's awesome. Because the forces were so strong. That's really awesome. That's fantastic. So anyway, I figured that at the factory they just didn't get tightened very hard, and so I just tightened them, and this hasn't been a problem since. But um, very interesting. It was actually dirt. Dirt three is really interesting in a lot of ways. I think that it does um, it does a few firsts for me. That's for sure. Like what? For one, it's the first soundtrack 
for a video game that is not an original soundtrack that I can unequivocally say that is one fine, fine soundtrack. Okay. It's incredible. I'm not sure what that means. It's a great, it's just a great soundtrack. I love almost every song on it, and I haven't heard most of them before. And it has Chromio on the soundtrack, which is just reason enough for it to be incredible. It, is that a play off the name Romeo? And Chrome. Okay. At the same time. It's the Israeli and Arab duo that I've been telling you about. Oh, I think I heard them in your car. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's crazy. Yeah, Chromio is where it's at. If Chromio is listening <laughs> and wants to be a guest on the show, we'll interview you anytime. All right. So you've been playing that. I uh, have finally been getting my hands on some cooperative Portal 2, which I, okay. had, I had not. Like I told you, I played through Portal 2 right. single player. You know, my wife's sitting there watching me, pretending that one day she will play cooperative with me and never playing cooperative. Right. Uh, but I got uh, I got someone to play. It was good. I like it a lot. This game is it's good. Now, do you like it more playing with somebody else or less? Um, so I think there's you've played games multiplayer before, and you've played games Certainly. single player. And sure. have you ever had the Annoy- and this is not what happened to me here, but have you ever had that annoying experience of playing a multiplayer game where it's cooperative, but the person you're playing with is a dumbass? Yes. Okay. And that tends to ruin the experience. Yeah, this happened quite a bit with um, yeah. the new Super Mario Brothers. Wii. Yeah, you, you should. You, ideally, you should be playing with somebody on your level. Exactly. But it's difficult, especially with a puzzle game, to be playing with someone on your level because it's it's rare that you have someone who thinks just like you and who has the same experience with the particular game as you. Well, this is right. this is what I'm getting at. I could I can imagine that that game multiplayer could theoretically um, very easily be very stilted experience. Yeah. See, no, that's the thing. It has that potential, but they did, and and I'm reaching a little bit because I was playing with someone sitting next to me, split screen, which All it's right. annoying to play script, uh, excuse me, split screen. But um, this game has a few controls in it, a few devices that I can, like, you can use them in cooperative split screen, even though they're made for cooperative net play. So, for instance, if I want you to shoot a portal somewhere or just to look somewhere, right, I can mark anything in the world and it appears on your screen and, and my own, right, as just a little beacon of, hey, look at that, or hey, shoot that, or something like that. Um, so, you know, there's all sorts of surfaces. Is it, is it the same beacon? Yeah. So do you shoot it and say, hey, guy, look at that? It's not so much shooting as, as marking. Like, it's understood that it's not in the real game world. It's okay. just a, a visual marker. Right. But is that is that how you use it? Like, do you say, hey, look at this, or hey, go here? Or... Well, I'm imagining playing without a headset and without a person sitting next to me. Even when he was sitting next to me, it was useful, because I see my screen and he sees his screen. I mean, it's, it's the same television, but... Um, you know, we have. I'm concentrated on my view, and I don't know what's going on in his. And if I switch over, it's hard to tell. Wait, where are you? Where are you looking? Because you're not in the same spots. A lot of this game is like you're in in spot A, he's in spot B, and you're trying to get to the same goal, right? But you have to separate at a certain point, so you can't quite tell what's going on on his screen. So sending this beacon helps to say, hey, I'm looking over there. I need you to go shoot over there. But on his screen, it's not it's not the same over there. Okay. It's somewhere else. Might might be behind him. So anyway, there's that which helps, and it disappears after a few seconds, so you don't clutter the the world with a million beacons. Um, there's also a few things in the game where you have to pull, um, you know, like in a cartoon, there's that big old light switch that you yank down like a giant fork, right. you know? Um, there's some of those in the game, and you have to pull them at the same time, which honestly is a little bit silly. Like it, yeah, it's just that, an, 
unnecessary gimmick. We got tired of that after we saw Superman 3. Okay. So you have to do that, and they and they add something where you can create a countdown, where you just added like a 3, 2, 1 countdown, so you do something at the same time. Now, I'm saying that thinking, oh, that's a cool feature to help you pull these things at the same time. But I'm thinking the fact that you have to pull things at the same time is dumb, because you're always right next to each other when you do it. It's not like you're in totally different rooms. Right. Um, it's it's just a gate that needs two people in the simultaneous location to, yeah, to activate. Exactly. But um, there's other gates that do that, like the the end of the level. Right. It's always a doorway that opens, and then you go into your little chambers to zip to the next level. Right. That one is always just, you know, a camera sees you, and when it sees both of you, it opens up. So yeah. they could have done that. No problem. But they did these switches, which are always the same, always do the same thing. They always just open a door, so yeah. I don't quite understand, but... You know why there's a smirk on my face this whole time, even still? Why? Because I'm still thinking about Superman 3. Okay. You, you know what I'm talking about? No. There's a scene where... It's been so long. Rich, Richard Pryor... He was in that movie. Superman 3. He's, like, trying to, like, de- deactivate, like, the uh, world-killing device or whatever, right? And he's got these two keys, and then mm-hmm. you have to put them in two slots. And then, so he's reading the instructions, because every every nuclear device has instructions somewhere. Written in Clear, Russian. Clearly visible, right? And he's reading them, and he's like, both keys at the same time? So it just gets into this whole shtick where he's trying to, like, turn two keys that are, like, he just totally can't reach at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just like Portal. Okay. Wow. Just like that. Anyway, it's got those, and I'm, I was like, these are both really good features for NetPlay, and now as I'm saying that, I'm realizing, no, that Countdown one is, is pretty useless. Although there's a couple other things where... You kind of have to time stuff, but not not so much. Yeah. Now, is this when you're playing multiplayer in this game cooperatively? Does it? Um, do you have to basically like establish one person as the leader? No. And the other person as the follower, or you have to actually work together? No, so you definitely have to work together. There are some times where obviously like something has to be done, yeah. and so one person is given that task. And what's you know, I can't think of a better of a different solution for this, but the game it sticks you. You get in sticky positions sometimes because, you know, you want to go into your portal and out, obviously, out of your second portal. But it would be great sometimes if you could go in yours and out the other guys. In sticky situations. Yeah, exactly. Um, And you can't do that. You can only use your own. So you have to think about that. And how are you going to achieve what you need to do? And um, so, like, for instance, we just played a level a couple days ago that, well, I'm not going to describe the the details of the level except to say that, like, I couldn't figure out how to do it, uh, and he figured out, oh, well, maybe we have to do this. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely it. Why didn't I think of that, right? Yeah. But then we get up to a spot, and it's you have to accept the fact that one person uses their portals to get you where you need to be, and the other person has to follow through with the next move. Like, okay, now it's my turn to do what I need to do. The other, If the other person tried, it would, it would break, right. you know? what you're doing you wouldn't be able to complete it so so if you're really into to uh dom sub stuff would you be into this game or no i I don't think it would be very relevant no even uh, even with the sticky portals and your portal and going going into their portal so there are some times where like the the person who just knows what he's doing who understands the solution needs to sort of you know say okay i'm going to do this and now you come follow me and do this but that was pretty rare most of the time it was it was really working together and uh it wasn't feeling like you were just dragging the other person around because they had, you had to use their portals to do what you needed to do. So it uh, it felt good. But that was I was playing with a competent player, and um, 
even though he hadn't had experience in the single player, mm-hmm. right? So I had that advantage on him. But uh, I was playing with a competent player, and if I was playing with someone else who just didn't know what they were doing and couldn't grasp the scenario, you know, the portal concept, and or just couldn't use the controller or something, it would have been a total mess. So, yeah. All right. Sounds cool. But it's a fun game. It's good stuff. Yeah. And uh, adding the cooperative, it's funny because I think if they added the cooperative to the first game, then the second game would have much less interest. Like, it would be all... Well, it's all storyline. There'd be less novelty. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of games do that. I mean, a lot of series, I should say, do that, where the first game is cool just on its premise, and then the second game, add multiplayer, is like a pretty classic, here, you're in a sequel now. Yeah. Now make a multiplayer, and then the third one, it's you not do something crazy, it. like give people the ability to fly. Or just re- repeat the exact same thing over again. I guess. That's when you know a series is bad, like they're not putting intelli- or like some good thought into it's, this design because it's, it's tough, just the same thing every time. It's a time. tough call, though, with that kind of thing because sometimes all you really need or want is more of the same style of thing and you can even be destructive about the quality of a game by trying to be too novel about it. But a good designer makes it novel and keeps it good. Maybe. You just have to be careful not to suck. Maybe. Yeah. I'll have more to say when That's we Nintendo. come back. That's Nintendo. Nintendo does that. They do good things. We'll see. Yeah. Jack and Daxter good game kind of the same thing every time we'll be right back arizona's news talk leader kfnx am 1100 and we are back it's chatterbox video game radio where we do... Would you, is there some, uh, something you want to mention before we keep going on? Anything I mean, all? I always like to mention our sponsor, UAT. What a good idea. The University of Advancing Technology and their website, UAT, where you can go to learn about the programs that they have to offer so you can get into the gaming industry now. Or in or, three years. Yeah. Hopefully. Whenever. I don't know. Programs. Three, four years, two. Ah, it's all about motivation. So what do you want to talk true. about? We've got... So I got some more things to say about Dirt. Dirt? Dirt, dirt 3. Okay, are, right. let me ask you now. Are we going to talk about Call of Duty Elite? Totally. Okay. On on my list. Okay. It's it's that's the biggest news of the week, clearly. So I even guess. though Dirt Three came out, right, what Mortal Kombat downloadable content isn't isn't bigger? <sighs> no, I don't care so much about characters made out of blood. Okay. <laughs> as thrilling and sexy as that sounds. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. I had a really, really interesting experience between the first and second time I played this game, right? And I want to present this exposition to all the listeners as, as an example of how sometimes the most minute of changes or details can make the biggest differences in the game. So, anyway, I, you know, last week I had Dirt 3, I bring it home and I play it. Right. That's that's how people do it. Yeah. So supposed to work with my with my super expensive wheel that I bought. Yes. Um. So hook it up, start playing, and I'm like, wow, this feels like garbage. This is it's just I don't know what other word to use. I can just word use other synonyms for garbage, but it just felt like garbage. Junk. Yes. Sassafras. Um. That's that's a little too light for <laughs> what the the depth I would uh, the uh, the the intensity I want to convey here. But okay. it was really really bad. I mean, I, and I didn't know what was wrong actually. I was just like the steering in this game. I thought that it was like you know maybe the the they didn't actually support my wheel as 
was announced. There was something broken. I really thought there was something broken because I was like, this is horrid. What, did it just not work? No, it worked, but just the steering, I couldn't put my finger on it, but the steering just felt like garbage. Just the car wouldn't go where I wanted it to go. It's kind of like people who don't play, you know, racing games, and then they play a racing game, and they hit the wall constantly, and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I felt like that. Okay. Okay. Did you even try playing it with a controller at all? Oh, no. Okay. There's, there's no, there's, the, it's, no, there's no going back. That's like going back to the abacus after discovering the calculator. No, what's funny is, I, I, when I played Gran Turismo, one of the earlier versions, I think maybe the third one, um, with my steering wheel, it's like, you know what? I do better with the controller. Yeah, but do. that's your steering wheel. Yeah. It's not my steering wheel. It was the official steering wheel at the time. At the time. Okay. This is... Moving right along. So it felt like garbage. It felt like... So I couldn't put my finger on it, right? And I was like, I was, I was like I'm just... I can't even play this, right? I was, I was just, you know, thinking to myself, what could it be? I mean, maybe I'm just too spoiled by Gran Turismo that I can no longer play any other racing game ever again. Um, I don't know what it was. So anyway, um, eventually, through some research and study and other things, I find out... Prayer? What? Prayer? No, I'm not too religious. So I found out, oh, at this configuration screen, there's a parameter called, like, steering linearity, right? And it goes from negative 10 to 0 to 10. And the default is 4. For some reason, which somebody decided, oh, four sounds like a fun number. Let's do that, right? And basically what had happened was that the steering output, right, is way exaggerated relative to your input. That's what number four means. It was about halfway up to its maximum. So you just cranked so, it to zero. So so the default had a very, very nonlinear steering response. And then when I set it to zero which means a perfect, at least ostensibly, perfectly linear steering response. It was like, yeah, this is what driving is like. <laughs> this is what happens when I get into the car and I turn the wheel. I turn this much. Okay. This feels exactly like I think it should feel. I wonder if that setting is for people who have wheels that don't have the turning range that yours has? It's, it's certainly not, because actually the... Uh, Part of the way the wheel is designed is that uh, the people who make the game to interface with the wheel can actually set a range, and it actually puts an artificial stop that's programmable. And so actually when you're driving the rally races in this game, you only have about 180 degrees of motion, Okay. which you should in most racing games anyway because you're not really supposed to be taking your hands off the wheel. And after 180, it's you can't really turn it anymore if you have both hands on the wheels. Yeah. So it wasn't that wasn't the reason. I can't think of any good reason why they did this. It was like, let's just make the default broken, and it's just on you to figure out how to make it normal again. Well, I'm glad that you figured it out. So are, are there forum posts now that explain, tell yeah. people, hey? Yeah, well that's, one of the, well, that's one of the pieces of information I discovered, is that somebody else, you know, mashed around with the parameters and said, oh, yeah, you should put this to zero. That, that's what it's makes it work. It's funny to me, because before researching the internet, like, that would have been my go-to. Let's see what these things do. Right. But what sucks is that you talked about how this, the um, instruction manual was also trash right. for that game. Right. And um, that could have explained it. Of course, that would be them admitting that they made a bad default choice, which would be weird. Yeah, it just it's completely beyond me why they did that, but it's this is this is this is my example, right? This tiny little change, this tiny little number buried in a menu somewhere is the difference between something feeling like a thing of beauty and feeling like 
last night's garbage. Okay, so now that you've told us about that, uh, one sentence, does the game suck or is it any good? It's totally schizophrenic. It's like there's parts of it that are awesome, like Rally's awesome, Jim Connor's garbage. What does um, that mean? His, like, voice? Jim Khanna is a special mode of the game that is not about racing. It's about doing uncomfortable activities in an enclosed space. What? Well, you're still in the car. I don't understand. It's okay. Let me. <laughs> I suppose you need a little more information. Yes. It's it's like oh, uh, you know, get points for you know, drifting under a truck and. You know, you're moving, you're like running in, you're moving in an enclosed space and you have to do tricks, right? It's kind of like... That's funny because that sounds actually more interesting to me. Perhaps, but it's not the game that I signed up for. And actually, lots of people are really pissed about it because the first game, not the first game, but the previous one, had a lot of ancillary events that were not rally, right? And everyone was like, these are all lame. It's more variety, but it's lame variety. Just bring the rally back. And then they're like... Oh, we're happy to announce, Codemasters, that there's going to be 60% rally in this game, where there's going to be so much more rally. Anyway, the way they, they characterized it is completely deceptive, because now people are complaining that they gave the impression that there would be much more rally in this game when there isn't, right? There's rally, and then you have to do these Gymkhana stages, and quite a few of them in between, and they're just they're not the same type of activity at all. So, you play one rally race, and then it's like, all right, do this cheesy thing. Yeah. And just get through that so you can play the next rally race. Well, uh, yeah, to a point. Yeah. Okay. And it's... I'm disappointed in that because it seemed like they're going for variety, for as if variety has its own value that overshadows the quality of even the sum of its components, Right. Because a lot of the things that they put in, like the Gymkhana mode, are, are they're just not that interesting. They're frustrating, and I wish I didn't have to do that. Is, is Gymkhana a name? Is yeah. A person's name? No, it's not a person's name. It's actually, it's, it's, I think, it's not, it's kind of like a Japanese fake word that was invented to describe uh, various kinds of Trixie-like activities that you do on uh, a skid pad type surface, like like autocross, right? Gymkhana technically is like a kind of autocross that is a little more complicated. Okay. Right, but they've they've actually just extended the definition of the word. So, like a Gymkhana course will, would be like you know drive up to this cone and you know spin around it like twice and then go over there and go th- like go through like slalom so the, these the, cones. The automobile version of horse. And okay, sure. I don't know what that is, but I'll take your. I, I think that it's horse is a basketball thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like it's probably a good analogy. <laughs> I had some friends playing horse in the pool the other day. Yeah. Not my pool, but it's like, all right. Were they horsing around? No, but like, all right, you got to make the basket from over here while both your feet are out of the water. Okay, it's kind of like that, but it's all laid out beforehand. You know, it's not like it's made up as you go along. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, it's like it originated in Japan. Um, they're, they're taking it to a more extreme level and it's, I don't know. It's just, it's not that fun. The problem with those types of events is that in rally, you're in a continuous state of driving, right? And in this one, it's like, you know, go up to this box, back up, you know, spin around eight times. And then, you know, it's, it's just the types of moves that you do are very different from rally racing. And I can totally see why 
uh, it would piss off a lot of people. Because it pisses me off, too, a little bit. Well, I think racing and doing skateboard tricks it's, are definitely different. Yes, that's the best comparison. It's just like that. Racing versus skateboard tricks. Okay. Good. Well, we're going to break. We'll be right back. It's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woohoo! All right. So we're back, and I want to get right into it. We've got uh, we've got half a show left talk about the things that we talk about so you were telling me uh, just before we started digital download insurance from gamestop this is this is the new ways if there's something you can buy someone will figure out how to sell you useless insurance right that's i think people just make up stuff to buy that is it doesn't exist. And GameStop is always been a pioneer in making up stuff for you to buy that doesn't exist. I don't want to pin it on them. A lot of companies do it, but sure. Tell tell me about this. So this guy goes um, to to purchase uh, something, a digital download from GameStop, and I, I don't even know the details of um, exactly how he's doing this, but he just did it on GameStop's website. Is this game called Magica? Have you heard it? I've seen the title in various articles, but I don't know what it is. Okay, so apparently you can download, you can purchase it and get a digital download from GameStop, right? So he goes and he clicks on the thing, you know, to put it in his shopping cart, and then he goes, okay, I want to check out, right? And he goes to check out, and then you notice, oh, there's two items in my shopping cart. Well, one of them is Magica, which costs $4.99, and then, oh, what's this other thing that I didn't put in my shopping cart? It's... Download insurance, and it costs three ninety five, <laughs> right? Eighty percent of the price of his purchase, by the way. In this case, right, and it's already in the cart. I have a feeling he probably had a box checked that he didn't uncheck or something. Uh, not according to this guy. Now, there's all kinds of not-so-smart people out there, but... Well, I happen to have the web in front of me. Well, while, while, my I, fingertips. while I continue to explain, you can try this out for yourself. Okay, if only I can find Magicka to download. So, so anyway, right, it's this thing called download insurance, and then you can... They, they already put it... They put it in your shopping cart automatically, apparently. We'll find out for sure in a minute, I suppose. Right at the top of the site, there's a section of called Downloads. All right. So I'm going to. So here's the funny part. That. If you click on more info on what digital, um, when uh, download insurance means, it says digital download insurance is a service that provides a backup copy of the digital goods in your shopping cart to be stored for a future download. A backup copy of these digital goods will be available to you for download. Here's the good part. For up to 18 months from the date of purchase. Now there's no need to worry should your computer fail. Just log in and download your digital goods again. Up to 18 months. Like, you know what? You should know what that means legally. That means that they could store it for one day for you, or they could store it for a maximum of 18 months. They don't say 
we're going to keep this for you for at least 18 months. They only say at most 18 months. Yeah, that, well, that's funny that it doesn't have a minimum time. But. Yeah, which means that you could be buying nothing, which you are anyway, right? Because if you really wanted to back up your stuff, I think that you could just back it up to something and, you know, save the $4 charge. I'll give my feedback in just a moment. I'm trying to, to get this put into my cart, which, by the way, $9.99 is what Magicka comes up as. Although, if you got Magicka Vietnam DLC, that was only $4.99. Interesting. Well, okay. in, so, insurance, uh, inflation uh, This kind of makes sense. Days. First of all... You, you really, yeah. really? You're going to go yes. there. You're going to take this position yeah. that it makes sense. But it should be free. The concept of the insurance... The, the, the ability of my, me to go to the place where I bought it and download it again, since yeah. there's there's virtually no cost to the retailer to provide right. the service to me, Precisely. it should be free forever. Just like, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this since you don't buy music from iTunes, but iTunes, if I, you know, buy a thousand songs right. and then my computer breaks, my you hard drive fails, You can download them again whatever, for free, right? Nope. No. no. What, do you, what can you do? Nothing? Nothing. You've lost it. Really? You can beg them to give you access to it again, and I've heard stories where they do allow you to do this. Um, so they can activate it, basically yeah. give you all the credits to these things again. That's a little crazy. Because but there's no like store, uh, right. no no storage or thing that says, well, just because you have this receipt, you can download it again. Right. Well, when not you, an option. When you buy via Xbox Live, you can always freely download I mean, they have a record of everything you've paid for, so you can always freely re-download it. Yes. Right? But you know, no you know why that is? Because they know that the system they sold you is going to break. <laughs> right? They counted this, on it. This, I, I, have, I have no counter to that. It's absolutely true. Um, I mean, I've totally made it up, but come on. It's totally true. Um, well, if it costs but, nothing, clearly it's no, it's no burden to the customer to get it automatically inserted into the shopping cart. But okay. what this is, I mean, this is almost criminal <clears throat> for them to automatically add stuff without asking you if you want it. It's bad enough. That places sometimes, like, annoyingly ask you if you want to add things. But this one, they just bypass that step altogether, and they just put it in your cart, and it's up to you to get rid of it. Okay, it totally does that. I totally told you. So I'm on the screen where... <laughs> I can't believe this. So you go to the product, in my case, Magica, for $9.99. And it does, there's nothing about insurance whatsoever on the screen. Yep. Not at all. Yep. And by the way, Magicka is a satirical action-adventure game set in a rich fantasy world based on Norse mythology, just in case you didn't Indeed. know. Indeed. So um, I can add to cart, and there's nothing about download insurance. And when I add it to the cart, it takes me to the shopping cart. Luckily, by the way, I added it twice. It doesn't give me two copies of it, which would be weird. Does it give you two copies of download insurance? No, but the download insurance is there. There's a second one. It's, yeah. it's How much is it? $3.95? $3.95. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's a universal price, regardless of the price of the, uh, the thing you're buying. Uh, and you have to actually trash it out. If I hit checkout, it then tries to sell me something else um, that I don't want. And let's see. Yeah, then it just tries to get me to fill out my old, uh, you know, create an account, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe it does that. Yep, it's just like Blackjack, man. Never buy insurance. Like, there are some some places you say you want to buy something, and then it goes through the screen of add-ons, and it's like, okay, do you want this? Right, do you want right. this? Do you want this? And, and, it, and it may auto-select certain things where if you hit the next button of right. yes, continue, right. it'll add those things in. Now, that's sneaky, Right. but at least you have the option at least. to exclude. Here... You put it in the cart, and this, it is, this is straight up there. Yeah, it's so presumptuous. It appears like it's a tax. It, uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, which is bad, right? It's it's 
pretending to be something else almost. And I have the option to get rid of it. But what's funny is I have the option to get rid of it by clicking an icon shaped like a trash can. Sure. Yeah. And when you do that, it gives you a line that says add download insurance. Well, it's funny that like everything else is text. Quantity, one, total, 9.99, the name of Magicka. Like it's all there. It's in text. But like if I want to get rid of it, I have to know what a trash can symbol is and what it means. There is there. Okay. It says remove at the top. But anyway. Even, even still, the fact remains that with this type of tactic, they do it in this way because they know that there will always be a percentage of people who buy it without paying attention. Oh, yeah. No, their revenue for that product would go way down if it wasn't default on. Default always is the, the majority rule. So that's why they add it. Which is, it just, it's just, just this, this is vexing to no end. To uh, actually, it means that they just need money. <clears throat> Oh look, you have oh, it right in front of you. Oh, what a surprise! Wait a minute. <laughs> they need money. This isn't the download. This this is the same thing I have in my cart. You have a printout. It was four ninety nine, and now it's nine ninety nine. This is what I'm trying to explain to you. That's hilarious. So they raised the price on this recently. I guess they must have. Okay. Well, that's interesting. <clears throat> All right. So let's talk about Call of Duty Elite. That's the the big thing that that people are talking about yeah. these days. So what's this all about, Alon? You're asking me? Yeah. You seem to know something about it. Yeah. Um, well, I was reading a very, very long article about it, and it, it gets long. The presumption when Activision announced this was, okay, so let me try to describe what it is in a sentence. It is a paid service related to the online play of Call of Duty games. A subscription-based service that you pay. So a a recurring monthly fee that you pay for a service related to your online play. Now, on top of everything that you'd normally have to pay pay for to yeah, play it's online. Yeah, it's on top of Xbox Live, on top of the cost of the game, on top of the cost of any downloadable content that you may have already purchased. Yep. Although they, I think they're going to include some downloadable content with it, maybe. And in fact, I, I bet what they're going to do is just, if you have this, you get access to all downloadable content for free as it's released. But that's, that's speculation on my part. I don't know. Um, so at first, people thought this meant if you want to play online, you're going to have to pay for it, which actually is kind of like the stuff we saw with your Dirt game. If you wanted to play online, you had to have that, you know, register for a code so you could get yeah. the code so you could then and, and play And real quickly, online. one of the insidious things about that is that that message comes up every time until you actually put in the online code. What? Yeah. That's so that, that VIP thing, you get prompted with a message saying, Hey, go buy VIP and put in the code every single time you start the game until you do. So if you buy it used and you don't want to go online, you're irritated. You are irritated every single time you you try the game, yeah. Wow. How do you like that? That's annoying. How do you like that, consumers? Do you like being played? Is it just when you turn it on or like every menu you go through? No, no, no. It's just the first time you start up the game. But it's every time you start up the game. Okay. You know, it was interesting. When I, I played Portal 2 a couple days ago, there was a, there a new update for Xbox. And uh, my friend who was playing with me is like, oh, did you get that new update? Like, I don't know what it does, but it took a really long time. Like, yeah, same for P- me. PS3 style times. Right. To load this. Right. And I thought... Uh, well, okay, let's not get it. We'll just play offline since we're playing offline right now. Oh, anyway, so you can't play without it, right? No, I, I could, but like every menu I went through, it was like, oh, hey, you're not online. Oh, if you want to go online, you're going to have to download yeah. this update. I was like, no, I don't yeah. want the update. And then every time it made me do that. Coercion through annoyance. That was annoying. 
All right. Well, we'll talk about Call of Duty Elite as soon as we get back. I'll give you more insight on why it's not all that bad. And we are back once again. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. I want to remind everybody, email us, uh, Alon at Chatterbox Game Show, Ara at Chatterbox Game Show, and our website is chatterboxgameshow.com. So I was talking about Call of Duty. Uh, Before I do that, I'm going to remind everyone about something else, a different website, uat.edu, the University of Advancing Technology. Um, They're they're good people over there, and they can can teach you, train you in game development stuffs. You can even have uh, big gaming discussions like we have here every week. Every week, except next week. I'm, I'm, I'm impassioned by your lip curling technique as you say that. Okay, so next week I'm going to be at E3. I'm going to be looking at all sorts of games and watching Corey from Golgatron get way too drunk um, off of other people's booze. So that means that we won't have a program. right? But that means that the week afterward the program will be doubly as good. Um, I'm, I'm going to say 50% more exciting than an average show. I'm not going to say double. Right, well, that's that's a lot of commitment, and I'm I'm not so committed. I don't need commitment when I have unrelenting confidence. Okay, so. good. <laughs> so <clears throat> next week, no show. You'll just hear a repeat of uh, of this week's show. But for now, let's talk about about Call of Duty. And let me let me also say, if you're listening to the show in June, it is the repeat. <laughs> so next week we will have a show. How's that for you? <laughs> That's a little time warp trickery. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm in the future. I'm Alon, talking to Alon in the future. Uh, So, Call of Duty Elite. People thought when they mentioned this that that meant you're going to have to pay to to play online, but that's not the case. Um, You probably don't have experience with this, but Bungie.net, there's there's all sorts of information you can get on Bungie.net to, you know, let you get better about your Halo games and stuff. You can look at a map. You can look at a heat map of where you got killed specifically, you know, most. And you can watch, like, tracers on the map to see where all the shooting happened These are the from kinds all the of players in the map. They want to offer players for more money. Yeah, they, they want to give you a lot of a lot of insight into the game. And, and it's a lot more than that, and I'm not going to go into every detail because I haven't soaked it into memory yet. Um, Joystick has a very, very in-depth article on it, at least very in-depth for the amount of information that's been disseminated thus far. Um, there's very little because it was only just announced. Um, but it's imagine it like Bungie.net, but I think more in depth. And I suspect you'll be able to get this information from the console rather than just from the PC. Although I don't actually know. Um, but but yeah, they're, they're looking at it being you know, less than the cost of a subscription game. So the expectation is it'll be. I don't know, five-ish dollars. They're saying like between five and eight dollars, but yeah. nobody really knows. It's all I'm speculation. If honestly, I would do if I wanted to do it, I'd make it like a dollar. Yeah. But there, it's also helping you to do things like um, get better matchmaking, more customized matchmaking. So you can create groups, and uh, groups are one of the the more interesting features where you can. I don't know how it's going to be implemented in the end, but you could hypothetically have a group, whether you create it or whether Activision creates it. I don't know, but you could have a group for you know. Um, your state right so arizonans playing um or you could it could get micro or or more more micro than that like your school or your 
group of friends conceivably. I, I don't know how it would define this and, and who sets it up, but um, you can make a group so that you exclude all the tools that are on Xbox Live or people who are cheating, right? It'll help get around the fact that a lot of people cheat in this game um, or find some way to cheat. So uh, you can get away from just the, the free world matchmaking, which kind of put Call of Duty, you know, on the in the trash for a while. And I think they've done a lot to fix that. Yeah. But well, um, I don't think this is so insidious, despite um, many people's uh, preemptive protestations. As, you know, as as we become more vested in adulthood, you and I, and I, I presume other people, we become more expect, accepting of business tactics in general. Yeah. But he, I've noticed this about myself. This, this I think, um, I mean, I, I think it's a legit business tactic. I don't think it's unfair yet. Or at least it's the. I don't think it has any insidious overtones quite yet. I think that what they are trying to do is to test the waters, to get a feel for what the climate and consumer response is, and then they're going to take everybody to the cleaners if they think that they can. Well, I mean, you already do that with downloadable content and stuff. Like I, when this whole DLC thing came about, the downloadable the the option for downloadable data came to be like we were all worried about it and i was very you know i hated it because i liked having everything on a disc and i don't like paying extra for things and I, they should build it all into the game right up front right but you know clearly they invest a lot into the development of this game right. and then they invest a lot more and not not just one time but they have to continually keep this maintained and keeping servers and staff and security on their servers like it's it's work and money so it makes sense that we would have to pay for that as players especially if it's something that's going to survive forever yeah. right like well, call of duty elite will last as long as the series lasts right. and even longer well well that's fine i mean i think that despite the uh, observable stupidity of game players in the aggregate right i don't think that the, I think that the reason why a lot of these, um, you know, all these DLC things like haven't actually done horrendous things is because the game companies have recognized that you you can't jerk us around that much. You can only jerk us around in certain ways, like downloadable insurance, right? There are certain things, there are certain tactics that I think that the the publishers recognize very well that if if you subject the consumers to this. That the it will be met with such negative response that it's just totally not worth even trying, and so that's that's why I think that in a lot of cases, you know, a lot of DLC, it's very you know, it's ancillary stuff. It's not like essential things. It's a lot of times it's stuff that you can get anyway if you play the game. It's not uh, it's you know it's not the core of the game. It's literally just extra stuff if you want it. In most cases, right. Uh, now, with this one, what I think that they're trying to do is they can't just get everybody to pay, you know, X amount of – I think what they wish they would do is just get everybody playing Call of Duty, just pay a few more extra dollars a month to them, right? I think that's what their goal is eventually. But you can't just get everyone to do that right away, right? You have to do it it's, – it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, you've got to heat up the frog in your pan very slowly. I don't think it's going to be that slow. Xbox Live has... Well, they're going to do it as quickly as they think they can, but at the same time, they need to be gradual enough about it so that it's not, it doesn't get met with so much resistance. I see it as very analogous to Xbox Live. Like, we were resistant to paying for a service when it first came out. Um, you know, it was on the Xbox originally, and there weren't many games that 
right. that participated in it. There was well, just I'm like still one resistant to it, but that's because it's not really worth it for me. Well, because I don't spend enough time. Strangely, online. though, you, though you host a video game radio show, you don't actually play video games all that much. Just <laughs> ironic. Such uh, is the burden uh, of one who makes games. Yeah, this is what happens. You stop playing them. You're stuck you building them and not making them. So, um, yeah, people were resistant to doing that, but it's it's very widely accepted. So much so that you have multiple accounts in a single household, and and you have a family pack, so you can do that even more efficiently, right? right. Like, there's two in my house. We each my wife and I, and it's just the two of us, have an account because yeah. she couldn't live without one for whatever reason. Well, that right? makes sense. I mean, you don't want her messing up your account, and I'm sure she doesn't want your cooties Honestly, either. I think it's because she wanted to watch Netflix in the other room. <laughs> Honest to God, I think that's what it was. And so she has an account, and if we both p- paid full price, it would actually be cheaper to go with a family pack. I usually find some way to make it cheaper by buying a card on Amazon or something. But right. um, yeah, it's... Two accounts alone. You can just go family. So anyway, um, it's become just sort of second nature. Like we understand, okay, we've got this annual fee we have to pay for Xbox Live. And I guess some people pay it monthly and, and get hosed even more. But uh, it's understandable because they have to upkeep the system and, and all that. And I don't know. We've just come to say it's okay. And with this, like certainly I'm not going to buy it because I don't play Call of Duty. But for the people who do, and there's lots of people who do play it a bunch, it's just going to be another fee you pay, and hopefully it will get rid of the annoyances that are so prevalent in the other areas. Now, I'm actually reading some more about this, and I guess uh, groups, one of the features that will help eliminate some of the stupidity, um, is actually going to be standard. You won't have to pay for it. But uh, like I said, go, if you really want the details on this, go go read the Joystick article, but, but know that it's not as bad as everyone was complaining about this week, and I think that's sort of the point that we were trying to make, that... Yeah. Uh, it's not that crazy. Well, we don't although, know how we don't know exactly how it's going to go down yet. So, well, it, what's weird is Bungie offered it for free. Right. They're offering it for right. pay. That's right. How they're going to really have to differentiate themselves yeah. for well, people to here's to be not the, criticize them more. But in the end, it's just going to become accepted. Yeah. Well, here's going to be the critical thing, right? If you have a minority of people paying for this service, and you get, I mean, you know, ostensibly they said, oh, you'll get you know DLC and new features and stuff, right? So if it's like maps, if there's like a special map that only you can play if you're on this service and there's a minority of people on it, it's not it doesn't really affect much. But once you get past a certain threshold, right? Once you get past that point of no return and more people are paying for it than are not and you have to pay for it to be where all the cool people are hanging out, that's when it gets insidious because then you feel like you're pressured to pay up to just hang out in the VIP with everyone else. They've made the point of saying that they will never charge to play online. Well, straight up, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get to play on X map online or under some conditions. But it was actually funny to see that quote where they said, we've promised we're not going to make you pay online. But other games are. You know, like Mortal Kombat and Dirt. You have to pay to play online if you're not buying it brand new. If Activision turns that route, I'm going to be like, well... They could always change their minds. They never said... Only for new players or for used players. I think they're just doing PR right now. Anyway, remember, folks, no show next week. We will be back on the 14th of June. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.